You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Thanks for joining us. It's been a long season, but it's now complete. And for the final time this season, good evening to my co-host, VIG. Good evening. Mate, we have another surprise for you. Last week, I got double gurge backed. This week, uh, we in our season finale, we have a special treat. We're combining our Revolution Grand Final Roundup with our In The Know with legendary, uh, legendary Roy O, Roy o Donovan, Sydney Olympics goal-scoring machine with 11 goals in 13 games. G'day, Big O. How are you? How are we doing? Thanks for having me, guys. Mate, any time. Like I said, we'll take you on every week. You can even replace one of us if, you, if you've got the free time <laughs> in your schedule. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Mark. That's nice. How are the O'Donovans going, mate? Everyone well? I hear your young fella's made his debut too. A lot of uh, a lot of pressure on him to live up to the name, but uh, I'm sure he'll be more than capable. Not at all. He's uh, Yeah, he's made his debut for the Bulldogs. He's uh, He's got off to a good start. He's he's a happy boy playing with his mates from school, and I'm happy. No pressure. He just wants to enjoy it. And uh, mum is happy to get him out of the house for a couple of hours on a Saturday morning. Mate, uh, your team, Sydney Olympic, is currently sitting equal second and you're on fire, you're almost banging in a goal a game. So uh, things couldn't be going better for you than, uh, or they're going a lot better than they were when we first spoke to you at the start of the season. Yeah, exactly. We got off to a very slow start. Um, but as I said to you then, we've got a really good bunch, good bunch of lads, lovely club, and uh, we've hit a little bit of form. I think we've still got a, a few more gears to go. But yeah, it's... Um, Look, I'm, I'm enjoying it. The lads give me a lot of energy and uh, I'm excited about what's to come, really. We've got 10 games to go and it's all it's all ahead of us, you know. Mate, uh, we, we've uh, we've sort of been watching and there's a few other players who I think are uh, must be, you know, they're, they're on fire because they've been watching you, one, one being Burgess. So we've got his uh, his brother on the show later later on in the in the, in the program, but uh, he's going well and there's a few others that you've earmarked as potential uh, A-League stars of the future. Yeah, there's plenty. As I said to you, I'm the elder statesman of the group, <laughs> uh, which isn't hard. Um, but we've got a very, very young bunch. We've had look, our goalkeeper, Nick Soros, was uh, injured replacing that Perth early in the season. Our two centre-backs are in their early 20s, uh, Glasser and Van Nurs, who've been around the, the A-League academy system previously. Uh, up front, as you said, we've got uh, Burgess, um, Darcy Burgess, Max's brother, who plays the number 10, has been terrific this year, and, and Oliver Poplet as well. On the other side, he's another young lad uh, trying to get in there. So, look, I could, I could name every lad in the team at the moment. Everybody's playing really well. I'm just earmarking those boys. They're, they're a good age and, and they're hungry to get back in. So, um, so yeah, people are out there scouting. That, there you go. Mate, uh, like I said, we, we discussed this earlier on the season. I'm not going to get your opinion on this, but I'd just like to see you, 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 how, how you re- respond to this. But there's at least six or eight clubs in the A-League that have egg on their face that should have signed Roy O'Donovan. Now, we're not going to name names. We're not going to say what clubs they are. Maybe I can post their symbols or their logos on our on our socials so people know who we're talking about. But there's at least six or eight, considering you've scored almost a goal of a game and you're sitting in second and you're majority of the way through the season. I think there is a few people there that uh, were wishing that they'd uh, put pen to paper with at least for a season or two with Roy O but uh, their loss is Sydney Olympics gain. Ah, yeah, look, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't kind of look at it that way. It's one of those, I think, uh, I think, I think there's a little bit of an ageist culture in Australian sport. I don't know, is it because in AFL and rugby league, you kind of have to retire quite young, but uh, I think it's 
you know, horses for courses as such. And even though I'm touching 37 years old, you know, I don't miss many games uh, from from injury. I look after myself, and you know, as you as you said, I, I score goals. I back myself to score goals, and I've done that in the A League for a long time. But I think there's been a changing of the guard. It's got younger, it's got cheaper, and uh, I have to just swallow my medicine down and and as you said, enjoy my time with Sydney Olympic. And as I said, they've given me uh, an opportunity um, that I'm very thankful for because you know it wasn't something I was actively looking looking for to go play in the NPL in Sydney or anything. But uh yeah, when when I got the call, I spoke to uh you know Laurie McKinna, actually the old CEO of the Jets, put me in touch with Nick Nicholas and Damon Hanlon at at uh, Sydney Olympic. We had a conversation. They had got they had a lot of passion and uh you know I believed the hype and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I get to wear the blue and white of the historic Sydney Olympics. So as I said 10 games to go. I'm excited what's to come and uh, yeah, a bright future for the football club. It's a big club and, a, and you're a big player. And um, big I, I think, I think I know a lot of those boys that, that you mentioned and I think having you there at the club has probably brought out the best in them as well. So that's off to oh, you. Thanks very much. That's, that's very nice. But uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a good bunch of pros, Josh, as you know, and uh, look, I'm just happy to be a cog in a wheel, mate. mate you might be able to take your medicine, but I don't. So uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, look, so much positive football news. The grand final, the All-Stars game, Champions League final, but all overshadowed for, my, for me by the devastating news that Yusili's Davila's wife, Lily, has tragically passed away. We don't know the details as has happened today, but absolutely devastating. And our heart bleeds for you and your family, Yusili's. Uh, the football community, community is here for you. If you need anything, my friend, God bless and rest in peace, Lily. So I'm not sure if there's anything else you guys want to add to that, but just, yeah, absolutely devastating. Well, that's, uh, it's, a, it's a tragedy. Um, my, my thoughts and prayers go to him and his family. Um, you know, football is secondary when, when these things happen. You know, a family is first and he's got a, a, young, a young boy, I think. And uh, when they went to bed last night, I'm sure, you know, it was just a normal a normal Sunday night and um, you know his whole life has been turned on its head today and uh, as you said everybody in the football community really our thoughts and prayers are with the Davias and uh, we wish him well it's uh, terribly sad news. Awesome mate. The uh, All-Star game versus Barcelona was a big success a good game healthy crowd an excellent atmosphere but why was it played on the same week as the grand final depriving York's team of all of City? Western United players plus some victory and Adelaide Stars. Big O, tell us why. Yeah, money, I suppose. I suppose it was a it was a calendar gap for Barcelona. It was a big earner for, for both Barcelona and for the All-Stars. But I look at it in a positive way. I think actually it, um, it airmarked a lot of young players coming through in the A-League. It kind of reinvigorated the love maybe and passion that's been lost a little bit over the last couple of years since COVID for the A-League. And people got a reminder of the quality we have within our ranks in this country. So um, uh, the A-League All-Stars can be hold their heads high, be very proud. They put on a performance. They gave Barcelona a scare, a strong Barcelona team as well. And uh, I was there as a fan with my fan hat on and I was immensely proud for all those boys out there. And it was a uh, just a great event. It was like a Champions League game, boys. That's what it was like for me. It was. I, I tweeted and I, I rocked some, ruffled some feathers, I think. I, I tweeted that there's there's plenty of people going out to the game tonight that haven't been to an A-League game this season. And I, I now challenge those people that they've gone out there, they've seen the quality of the players that um, the A-League can produce and, and has produced over the years. I challenge those people to next year to, to get out to an A-League game 
uh, support a team and, and support those players, you know, young and old. There's some great players from overseas that come come across and, and play here in the A-League and there's some great young talents. Um, you look at Irukunda, uh, Garan Cole, uh, you know, these players that hopefully we, we see them in the A-League for another two or three seasons before they um, go overseas. So I challenge those people, get out there next season and, and support the league and, and support the game. Look, I think both you guys, what you've said is, is some valid points. There was some, you know, some great young talent on there and it was a great atmosphere and a really good game. But I'll rephrase, I suppose, my question then. So for me, I found it hard to have a squad named and then nine or ten guys have to come in and come out. So it's sort of showing you your second choice and this and that. Do you really then need to name a squad ahead of time so that you can kind of say, well, we've picked you but you're not available or do you leave it a little bit later, wait to see who's going to be in the finals and then pick your squad and that way it feels like it's a first-time pick, you're not a, a second or third choice or are you guys okay with the way that they, they did it where they pick the squad and then, okay, it's a lucky dip on who misses, which teams are in the finals and then you pull out. Six players, ten players, twelve, and the other guys are second choice. Then, yeah, look, I think you know they'll, they'll learn from this, and, and I think, like Roy said before, it was a, there's a gap in the calendar. Um, I think Barcelona played their last La Liga game on the weekend, and about three hours later, they flew direct to Sydney. So, um, you know, I, I guess they had to schedule it around Barcelona's schedule. They're the big ticket. They're they're coming to town, um, but like you said, maybe maybe they don't announce the squad until you know two days before. But is that leaving it too late for? You know, people that are A-League fans and, and want to see their players, so to speak, you know, if they're coming up from Melbourne to watch the players from their team play, I don't know. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, yeah, look, there's lots of ways you can look at it. Again, I suppose you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I think they wanted to get some fan interaction. That's where the voting came from. So I can understand that point of view. Uh, I know where you're coming from, Gio, I think what you're saying is that a team was pretty much picked by the fans and by the, the staff. And all of a sudden then when it kicks off against Barcelona, it's a completely different, you know, lineup and feel. But having said that, the positive side of that is look at the strength and depth that we have of, of quality in the country. You know, uh, a lot of lads would have went into the A-League squad, not knowing were they going to get five minutes, were they going to start. And uh, some guys came out of there, you know, smelling the roses. Um, it was a terrific performance. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure they will have learned. I'm sure there's going to be a few more exhibition games coming up. I know Brisbane Roar have got a couple, Western United, Celtic are coming to town. Uh, and I would imagine the A-League All-Stars will be going, you know, full throttle next year because it was such a roaring success. They will learn a lot from it. Um, but I think credit to the APL that they're, they're making some little changes behind the scenes and, Little things like this to get, as you said, the sunshine supporter that's been away for a while, get them back interested again. So, um, yeah, I, I take both your points on board. and But, you know, we're just trying to get people excited about football again. It, it really doesn't matter about the names on the back of the shirt. Yeah, for me, if I, if I had one last little bit of advice for the APL, and I think they did a great job, would be don't let the fans pick as many. I'm a fan too. Don't let them pick as many players because if they're telling me that Ninkovic deserved to be in there over Berengay, I'll eat my hat. Now, get me some salt and pepper, one of you two, and I'll eat my hat here, <laughs> here and now. There's no possible way as great a player as Ninkovic has been, one of the best the A-League's ever seen. There's no way in the world he deserved to be there over a Berengay or a Marco Rojas. He's dreaming, absolutely dreaming. So, look, I, I think having fans pick players they like, that's great. But at the end of the day, I think it also has to come down to how you perform this year. And, you know, I suppose we'll leave it at that. But uh, our player escape room, we welcome one of Sydney's uh, Sydney FC's brightest sparks this season, talented winger Max Burgess joins us for a chat. 
Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately for you, Royo, you're going to be exposed to this every week. I do a uh, quick rap of uh, my version of my Eminem rap of uh, the round. So I'm going to give it to you. And uh, Josh, you've, you've been bored with this many a time this year, but the good news is it's the last time this year. So I'm going to sleep. Here I go. So City was stopped from winning the double back-to-back. Western United won the grand final at their first crack. We are joined on our season finale by superstar Irish import. It's been an amazing season, so thanks for your support. So that's the end of uh, my round. We, we move into uh, our wow. revolution roundup. So it's our only game, the grand final. There was two left and uh, one team walked away with a trophy and the other team walked away with bananas, but uh, that's the way it works out. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a game, a, a good game, and uh, – I think uh, the better team won, but Royo, what were your thoughts? So it was uh, Western United 2, Melbourne City 0. I don't think it was the Melbourne City we've seen before, and they haven't been the same team since they've returned back from Thailand, but I suppose that, that's what yeah. comes with being a successful club and you know making the, the Asian Champions League. You've had to travel away and you've come back, a, a, I suppose, a, a not the same team that you were when you left. Yeah, exactly. And we, we touched on that a few weeks ago, if you remember. We, we said... It can go both ways. They've been away as a group for a long time and it just depends what way they come back. Do they come back tired or do they come back, you know, refreshed? And they've come back, as you said, not the um, Melbourne City that we, the attacking force that we, we've known and loved for the last two or three seasons. So unfortunately, the grand final maybe came at the wrong time for them. Um, maybe they were a little bit burnt out. But having said that, you've got to give Western United a lot of credit. Um they were top of the league all season long. They had a little bit of a, a slump later on in the season, but come finals time, they just found that little bit of a, a second win. Then tactically, they got a spot on for the grand final. Early goal from a set piece to settle the nerves. And uh, Prijevic just being the, the poacher supreme. And then the second half, professional defensive performance, limiting Melbourne City really to with any space behind are too many shots um, and um, yeah deserve winners and it spread to their own premiership winners Melbourne City and uh, grand final winners Western United it's going to be a great season next year lads so I suppose from from uh, your point of view Royo where was the game lost for City so Western United as we know consistently give up possession right so I think it was 37 percent possession yeah. very rarely do they have more possession they're happy just to say well you know what we're going to get quality of possession but we're not going to have majority of possession that's the way it's going to work we're going to sit yeah. back we're going to wait and we're going to counter punch you they've done that again on the weekend to absolute precision and at the end of the day it's no point having you know like Liverpool did in the Champions League final all the possession all the ball and losing one nil so you want a result that's the end yeah. of the day where where did City lose it in your opinion yeah look I suppose I had a similar um, tinge to it like the Champions League as such I think uh, the problem Melbourne City had they were behind the eight ball early on um, you know they conceded a set piece they can they concede early two minutes into the game and it really settled Western United down now they're, they can carry out their tactics because they're quite comfortable have all the ball we're just not going to give you space in behind to make your runs because obviously the likes of Naboo uh, Lecky uh, Tilio when he came on they all like space they all like the green grass to run into and terrorise fullbacks but at 1-0 up and then 2-0 after a half an hour really Western United didn't have to come out of their um, their two blocks of four too often after that so second half Melbourne City gave it a good go but um, they hit the bar from a set piece if had they scored that one it would have been interesting definitely it would have changed the kind of feel of the game 2-1 Western United would have had to kind of up their game again. 
Jamie Young made one or two saves from, I think, Scott Galloway. Uh, but other than that, you know, it was a job well done tactically from West United and, yeah, they deserve all the credit, really. So who do you think was the best team this year, Royo? So obviously City won the won the uh, the Premier's yeah. plate. Western United have taken out the grand final, which is a slightly different version because it comes down to how you perform on the day rather than consistency over a year. Victory yeah. were right up there most of the way. Yeah, Mariners had a great year. So if you had to summarise this one team, who's the team that uh, is, is your team of the season? Yeah, look, team of the season for me after... Like Melbourne City, we expected to be there and they were there. They just were very unlucky, just the way the timings, their form, um, grand final timings as, as such. But the team of the season for me is Western United because they have been consistent. They have been consistent. Okay, they haven't set the world on fire. They haven't always been the greatest team to watch. They don't play this open, expansive football and win 4-5-0. and five nil. But they've been seasoned pros. They've been solid. They've had a lot of one nils, and when it counted, semi-finals and grand final, they were spot on. And um, great credit to a new club trying to build a fan base. Yeah, they they've been my team of the season. You could make an ar- argument for victory. They were really really good, but overall, West United finished I think ninth or tenth last year to win the competition this year. Outstanding. Huge turnaround, especially without uh, their star player in Diamante. Yes. But, but if you look at their recruitment, Jamie Young, uh, mm-hmm. Leo Lacroix, uh, and then Prijevic up top, that, they're, they're all players in the spine. And they already had, you know, you've got Kilkenny and, and Lustica in midfield who had terrific seasons. And then you've mm-hmm. got Speed on the wing with, with uh, Lockie Wales and, and Connor Payne. So it, it sort of balances itself out. But the recruitment they did this season was, I think, the, the best in the league. Spot on, isn't it? I don't know if G noticed this, but I was watching, you know, I'm on the outside looking in, the same as we all are, and looking from the outside in, it seems to be a great culture at the football club. I'm looking at the people that they have on deck, the, you know, like you see Kilkenny crying after the semi-final, what it means to him. Diamante, he hasn't played in, I don't know, 12 games, buzzing. He's around the place. He's full of energy. He was quick to get know? changed and put the uh, captain's armband on to lift the trophy, Absolutely. wasn't he? But, but it was brilliant. It was so good to see. <laughs> It's great. Italian international played at the highest level, Serie A, Premier League. He's delighted. He's buzzing to be yeah. lifting the trophy. Nikolai Topper Stanley, another great pro, great signing. You know, just I can see a real culture. They, they have Andrew Durante uh, wearing a suit. So he's obviously involved in the background. Um, look, they've got things right there. They're building something at that football club. And it, all they need now is just to build that fan base because I feel like they've got plenty of money. They've got a good culture and they're, they're, they're definitely building a proper football club. I, I think, honestly, I think what they need to do, I don't think they need to go too big with this stadium they're building if they if they ever start building it. I think, you know, 15,000 max and and pack it out every week. Make a ticket hard to get. Make people buy a membership to, to go to the ground. Especially especially with the price of building costs. It will cost about 40,000 to build a seat at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, no I think you've got to be price real careful. Price of steel at the moment is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you guys have both hit it on the head. And, and you, when you forget about, you know, they've brought in Christian Thea Harris, who we had on the show earlier in the year, who hasn't really had a lot of game time. You've got Piraeus, who's played a bit of a, a bit part, but I think he's super talented as well. So there's a lot of guys sitting there kind of waiting for opportunities on top of the guys they have but I think you were spot on uh, Royo when you said what it means to them because you saw Leo Lacroix who's played at the highest level how much it meant to him the uh, what's the uh, Japanese defender um, Tomoki Imai Imai, he he was crying at the end of the game and and this is it was a massive deal for them so as a fan or even somebody whether it's you know high up in the club or whether you're the ball boy in the club to see players that invested in your club 
it can't do anything but be brilliant for you. A lot of those players have made some big sacrifices this season. We're having family, um, I think Kilkenny's family was over in Perth. Uh, Imai, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure if his family's been in uh, in Melbourne. Um, you know, so ha- having to make those sacrifices, I think it brings the the, the boys closer together and the, and the squad closer together. And you see it on the pitch. I think Jamie Young, after the game, when he was interviewed, said this is the most enjoyable season of football he's ever had. And he's 36 years old. And he's, you know, he's played everywhere. He's played on the other side of the world. He's played in the A-League for years. He's won championships before. So for him to say that, I think it, um, it shows just, like you said, the culture of the club is a, a really good one yeah. and a strong one. How good, though? I mean, he's another one, a great addition, as you said earlier. Uh, but how good was it? And look for John Aloisi as well. Um, you cast your mind back to when he first went look no doubt Australian legend World Cup qualification that penalty played overseas highest level got a job at Melbourne Hart 20 games after that he's getting the sack and he's thinking you know haven't won many games will he get another job went to Brisbane and I thought he'd done a really decent job at Brisbane made a really good fist of it very unlucky not to win more trophies and then he's had three years out of the game he's had a heart complaint and for him to come back this year and, and do what he's done, he, he deserves a lot of credit. He got the right coaching staff. As you said, he got his characters in the dressing room just right. And I feel like their backroom staff and, and their um, their board, just just from pure vision alone, from what I can see on the TV screen, they look like they're, as I said, they're building something and uh, credit to them all. I think, and great to see uh, Hayden Fox win a, a title as well. He's been at nearly every club from what I see. And, you know, he's he's played for the Hammers overseas. And he's, you know, I think he played with Eddie Thompson in Japan at one stage. So he's been around the world and, and back again. But uh, nice for him. And you can see the way that the players interacted with him as well. So, yeah, great things there. Just before we move on, Royo, and, and, and ask you a bit more about the, the league in general rather than just the final, your thoughts on City. So City's still in a, in a nice position heading into next year. We don't know who else they're going to lose or who they're going to gain. But they they do lose um, uh, Conor Metcalf. Conor Metcalf. He's off to St. Pauli yeah, in Germany. Yes, yeah, so he's off to too. Germany. So other than that, do you see a lot having to change, or just a bad a bad day in the office? I and mean, we know they've come back from Thailand well fed with some nice happy snaps, but it didn't help their football. No, uh, look, I don't. As you said, Conor Metcalf is, is a big loss. He's been a really good player, very important uh, cog in the wheel for Melbourne City. But they can um, they have the finances to replace. And if they need to, having said that, they've got the most um, scary front three in the league. They've got a solid defence. They've got money to burn. They have, you know, a decent support base. And what I can see the last few games there on the TV, people turn out when it matters. They've got a great setup. Patrick Snorbo has been around the block. They're all a little bit uh, annoyed that there's been talk about they haven't beaten the big teams this year. But, you know, the lion at the top of the mountain is always going to be hunted and they got hunted this year and they'll be they'll be sore. They'll be licking their wounds. But I think they're going to come back stronger next year. Maybe um, they need a good break. Uh, maybe, you know, they burnt out after such a long, they had a long pre-season. They had Champions League in the middle. They've, as you said, they've been, they've been going hard for the last 12 months. So a good break and refresh away from football and... Um, They've got more than enough in their locker to come back and win the Premiers and the, the league and the grand final, I should say, next year. Quick, uh, question for both of you. 
does Melbourne continue their dominance next year from what you've seen? So obviously the top three this year are victory, City, Western United, the Sydney teams way down the table other than the Mariners. Uh, Adelaide's obviously fills in one of the other final spots. So do you see that to continue or do you see Sydney getting back in the mix? I, I think the Melbourne, I think all three of those Melbourne teams will be up there again next year. Um, I don't think Sydney FC are, are, are happy with their season. They, they can't be happy with the season they've just had. Um, and they've, they've just let, I think they've released 12 players. So they're going to go out and they're going to find now, you know, 12 new players or, or maybe more to bring back into the squad and, and to lift that squad back up because they won't be happy with, with the way this season ended. So, and, and the Wanderers as well, um, you know, I'm not sure how much of a clean out they're going to have or how many players they're going to bring in. But they've released about six from what I've seen. Yeah. So uh, players who were on loan, they haven't renewed that. Tom Hammond's uh, left. I'm not sure where he's gone. They let uh, Ziggy Gordon go. Um, I think Dimi Petrados's loan period came to an end. Ogawa's gone back to his whichever yeah. club he came from. So that they are same thing. They're, yeah. they're going to start to look at, you know, getting the broom and start cleaning out their... their, uh, their they they have too. to, but how, how many brooms have they, are they going to go through before they get it right? So They might need to go to Bunnings look, a few I, I times. Think, I think Sydney, <laughs> Sydney FC will go very hard um, at trying to bring bring some new players into the squad and, and freshen up that squad. And, and they've got a, a good solid uh, base there of players that they're going to keep. Um, but they need, a, they need a little freshen up and I think that's what they're going to do next season. So, um, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't write them off from from getting back into that top three or four. Roy, are you? Yeah, look, for me, as you, you touched on there, Western Sydney, for me, they got the, they got the recruitment all wrong. Um, they, they signed a lot of midfielders. They signed a lot of big personalities that maybe, you know, were never going to knit together. Uh, they lost Reese Williams. They, they built their whole defence on Reese Williams. They... They lost another coach and staff, which is a regular occurrence over the last few years for Wanderers. They didn't get a striker that runs in behind. They, they, they Don't get me wrong, Hemed's a good player, Bernie's a good player, but they didn't have any point of difference. They didn't have... They the had him, Roy, but they had Juki and they should have kept him and they didn't. And that's well, I, where well, there you, well, there you go. Yeah. I, I feel like... And Wanderers are one of the wealthiest, most set-up clubs in the A-League, but for some reason... Um, they just haven't got it right for a long time, um, really haven't. And um, again, they should be, and the A-League needs them to be up there challenging every year. They're a big club, similar to Sydney FC. I think Sydney FC, nobody foresaw that coming this year. All the quality that they have in their ranks for them to finish where they did is shocking. And, and Steve Corica, in fairness, has made brave decisions, big calls on big names, you know, the Barbarossas. Boba's obviously... There's no contract there. He's retiring. Bahajer, you know, as much as uh, he's been a bit power player, I think he's a quality football player. He's got a bright future. So he's he's let some big ones go. But um, ultimately, there'll be players within the league that will want to play in Sydney, will want to play for Wanderers, and will want to play for Sydney FC. Corica and Rudan are under pressure now to get their stock right, get the characters right, and take a leaf out of John Aloisi and Tony Popovich's book because they've got it spot on this year. What about All Night Dwight? So he's come in, never been a head coach. He's taken over a Bulls team that had, you know, a lot of good signings after a, a great first season where they made the finals this year. They've missed the finals and they've probably strengthened. I know they lost a couple of names. What are your thoughts on All Night Dwight's uh, prospects of getting them back into a, you know, a, a finals contention team next year? Yeah, well, look, he'll, uh, he'll probably get a lot of, um, uh, you know, funds 
to play with. Um, they signed a marquee manager, so hopefully they'll give him some marquee money to sign some players. Uh, I think after the All-Stars game, he's got a big tick next to his name now for dress sense. He looks the part on the sideline, <laughs> if nothing else. He spoke well, he dressed well, so if he coaches half as well as that, they'll be okay. But um, they've got some quality players. They underachieved massively this year as well, MacArthur. For what they had in, the, in their armory, they, um, they should have been a banker for the top three or four in the A-League. Um, they, I don't know what happened there. It was, it was a shambles, really, for, for the amount of money they've spent and for the quality they had in their ranks. Uh, again, I thought they'd be up there challenging. So he, if, he, if he keeps the nucleus of what Ante Milic has built, they'll do well. Add one or two bits of quality to that, they'll be challenged. So it looks exciting, lads. I think it's going to be a very competitive A-League next year. Uh, you bring into that, I mean, as you said, Adelaide and Mariners don't spend a lot of money, um, but by God, they achieved a lot this year. Both clubs deserve a lot of credit. Newcastle probably underachieved for what they spent, so they'll be coming hard next year. I'm sure they'll be given, uh, I don't, I'm sure they'll be given plenty of money to uh, go and compete. Big club as well. And, and Brisbane Roar, you know, we need Queensland represented here. We need, they need a marquee player. They need to be competing. They have quality, but they need to add to it. They need to spend a bit of money. So um, if they do again, as I said, they'll be competitive. So, yeah, I'm excited. There's nobody in the A-League. There's no um, also runs. There's no, you know, there's no given in the A-League. There's no team in the A-League anymore that you say, oh, well, that's an easy three points. I don't look at the league like that anymore. Anybody can beat anybody on their day. And uh, that's what it should be. Even the boys from the West, I think uh, you tipped them a little bit earlier on. That the, the team that wears purple, right? I'll give you a few hints here. Yep. You still don't yep. reckon? You reckon they're up to par based on what you've seen this year? No. Well, the, the way they finished the, <laughs> the way they finished the season, they, I, I can't in a million years see them start like that next year. You can't. You can't play eleven kids and expect to get results because this is men's football, right? And and this is a different mentality. And when times are tough. You need to look to your senior players and the spine of your team to carry you through. So I get it. They missed Fornaroli. Lachman was missing for chunks of games. Osama Malik. But they need to add quality experience to it. I know it's a hard place to go. You've got to spend a bit more money to attract players from the big cities over there. But uh, it is an attractive club. But yeah, for me, I get it. They want to give young lads um, an opportunity to play. To, to show how good they are, but you can't rely on 11 young lads to, to win you any trophies or be competitive. And, and Perth is a bigger club than that. They'll expect more. So I'm expecting Andy Keogh as the head of football now, I think. Uh, I think I've seen the last couple of days and, and Ruben to be actively in the transfer market looking for, for quality, experienced players to, to not be the also runs. Hey, what excited you most about the league this year? Yeah, look, uh, what excited me for it was, uh, I suppose, it was the freshness of it. I, I liked some of the ideas. I liked they tried to brand players. So you remember the bowl of Tilios. I liked the A-League had their own song. I liked the colours I had attached. I liked the way they tried to bring the men's and women's together. I liked the way there was a lot more content came out with the, the Keep Up app uh, specifically. I, I liked there was a lot of good things. What we need now next year is we need people, bums on seats at the ground, and we need, you know, uh, Paramount and Channel 10 to just keep driving the product the way it had been done for 15 years previous and bring it to the next level. I think, as we touched on, the All-Stars game, hopefully, we say a prayer, is going to bring some more people through the gates and get people getting your Paramount Plus and, and watching football. Mate, I, 
I do have a feeling here that uh, we did miss the boat slightly because I wish you were still in the A-League when they did all this, uh, these jingles and these songs and people's cereals and all this. I think that would have been absolute marketer's dream having you and Roy O, Roy o you, you with all this yeah. stuff all thrown at you. Well, you're the rapper, aren't you? You're the Eminem, so <laughs> I, I leave that to you, mate. I just talk about football and try and try and play it to the best of my ability. You're the rapper. Mate, it's, Roy O's cereal, oh, I do, I'll be <laughs> gobbling it up. I do such a good job that I, every week I walk away with a bruised leg because uh, VIG's kicking me under the table saying don't do that stupid rap again so uh, yeah, yeah. everyone will be happy we don't have to listen to it again for a few months but uh, the only thing boys Roy or cereal it's a bit of a bitter aftertaste it's not for everybody but <laughs> it, it, it divides opinion uh, you know yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit like veggie made I'd say but uh yeah, yeah I, I'm sure I'm sure my family would eat it you might eat it so there might be many I'd give family. it a try I'd give it a try at least there you go what was most disappointing for you about the season yeah most disappointing was sometimes you turn on a game and um there wasn't many people at the ground. And I think, as we've seen, even English Premier League during COVID, no fans in the ground. You make you realise how much people going to the games create the atmosphere of football. You can talk about all the quality players you want, which is hugely important to the product. But ultimately, you've got to get into people heart, people's hearts and minds. And uh, for some reason, after COVID, we've struggled to get people back in the grounds. But... Uh, the last month or so, uh, I'm sure you've seen it as well, green shoots of recovery. I've seen every semi-final has been pretty much full. Amy Park has been full. Western United, Melbourne City have had fans, you know. So it's, um, you know, I think there there is hopes that we can get back to where we were and, and better it, um, you know, four or five years ago. Yeah, definitely. I think I said early in the season when the old firm derby was on, and I was looking at the crowd in Scotland and, and I said, if you take a, a Melbourne derby or a Sydney derby and, and, and you, you bring it to that crowd, mm-hmm. the A-League is a product. So th- sometimes the crowd makes the spectacle as much as the football. So like you said, we need to see fans, bums on seats next season. We need to see plenty of people at the games. And hopefully, like you said, that uh, the Barcelona game uh, last week, hopefully that gets the people pumped up, a little bit pumped up again. And, you know, next season uh, we see crowds back at the A-League. And get some more games on Channel 10. I know that there's, you know, X amount of games per weekend and, and obviously the, the model is get them onto Paramount and whatever. But first you have yeah. to get players dying for it like they do the Premier League. So even if it's two games a week, it's better than one game where you're trying to find what's on. Yeah, so look, look, get, get more games on Channel 10, yes, but... You can't cut away for an ad break when a goal's been scored. They've got they've got to cut <laughs> that out. There's a lot I, of things think, they need to fix. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the world we're living in at the moment. Commercially, I think it's important to keep the keep the dream alive. I think we need to um, we need to grow our you know our product by giving people this all star you know show their personality away from the football pitch. Hopefully, they c- uh, can get some magazine shows going again. I think I've seen um, Simon Hill uh, has been doing round ball rules. Uh, on 10 play which is which is a start because I think those midweek shows added to the football at the weekend gives just a different dimension so um, yeah look I, I know from speaking to people in around football that they're all people are all on the same page it's just the finances funding and, and just the ability to do it and um, I think obviously this year as well we've had a lot of there's been Tuesday games Wednesday games Thursday games Friday games so it's been very hard maybe to change up the product that we've had previously, you know, with midweek show, maybe a shootout or just for kicks and games of the weekend. So um, I'm sure, look, I'm sure next year there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of meetings in the off season to, uh, to kick it on again. And uh, as I said, we hope and pray guys that we're, we all, we all want the best for Australian football. And that's the, that's, that's the reality. That's it. Fingers crossed for a bigger and better season next year. 
So who who was your player of the season? I know uh, Jake Brimmer won the Johnny Warren medal, but who was your player of the year? Yeah, yeah. That, look, that was a big call. It probably wouldn't have been my call, even though I must say he, he was fantastic. Um, you know, and again, it probably comes down to the fact that the champions, Western United, didn't have Diamante play. They didn't really have a, a standout player. They were just a solid team, a solid outfit. You couldn't say they had a star man that was ripping it up every week, really. Uh, Melbourne City McLaren was good without being at his electric best of the previous two seasons. He won a golden boot, but probably uh, the easiest golden boot he's won, considering he probably usually scores 20 plus a season. Um, I loved, because I saw him live a lot of times, Daniel Pena at um, Newcastle Jets. Obviously, he got in a little bit of trouble later on with a couple of red cards, but uh, I like his passion. I like the way he plays. He always wants to play a forward pass. He's the kind of player that I like. Kids, he's, be a, he's a great play. player. Is he? A, is he the kind of player that a, a Sydney FC or Wanderers would be looking to go after? I would imagine they're going to break the bank. Yes, to go and get him. I think. Uh, unfortunately for Newcastle, um, there's wealthier clubs out there, and um, you know if Daniel Pena's, you know, knows is kind of turned to a, a bit of extra cash and a, a platform to to be the main man for a, a rebuilding Sydney FC or Western Sydney. Yeah, it'll, it'll be hard to keep, especially I think there's a transfer fee involved from his Brazilian club. But for me, up close and personal, Daniel Pena was was terrific. The A League All Stars the other night we've seen Rene Piscopo was 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 terrific, uh, underrated as well because Wellington Phoenix went below the radar. No real huge names, but again a real good team culture. He was terrific. Jay O'Shea was terrific. Uh, Jamie Young was terrific for Western United. So. Yeah, there's, look, there's lots there's lots to be excited about next year. And as you touched on a while ago, Joshy, um, a couple of young lads that are coming through, young Aussies, that's exciting for everybody, Socceroos included. Yeah, I think the, the scariest part for the Jets, Big O, is, and we know this only too well, is they don't know how to hold on to their best players, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we know that they're, they're in a bit of trouble. But, uh, look, for me, I would have gone with Craig Goodwin. I... Uh, I'd messaged him and told him I thought he was a good thing, so I think I've put the kiss of death on him. But uh, I thought he was outstanding for them. Everything good that came out of Adelaide, was he was involved in. It's not to say there wasn't other players, you know, that didn't have a good season for them, but I thought he was outstanding. But, uh, yeah, Jake Brimmer's had a great year, and I think he he's very thankful that uh, Popper's landed in, uh, in Melbourne because if it wasn't for Popper, he'd probably still be sailing down that fantastic talent who hasn't achieved his, uh, what, he's, what he should have. So, yeah, it's been a great year for them. Um, We'd be crazy not to touch on this just before we let you go too. Sunderland won promotion back to the championship. How many yeah. dances, how many beers have you had, Royo? Oh, what's, yeah. What's it meant to well, you? I, I think as a football fan, like I was delighted to see it. We, we've all watched the uh, the documentary on the TV and you're kind of scratching your head and you this can't be going on at a professional level in, in, in the boardroom. You know, they can't be making this many mistakes and going through so many players and managers. So for a club that I have you know, some close ties to, uh, it's great to see them back in the big time, deservedly so. And uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they go double bubble. Um, they're a big enough club to reinvest again and go back to the Premier League. Um, you know, they'll attract players. There's, they get, they get 40,000 people at their home games. They've got unbelievable training base, unbelievable stadium, and they've got money. They've you know they've got ownership that want to spend some money and prove you know that they're proper owners. So. Uh, Congratulations to them. Well deserved. It's been a hard few years, a hard slog, but um, 
yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll uh, their fans will be delighted, but they'll want more now next year. Be a lot, it'll be a lot more enjoyable viewing if they do have a second season of uh, Sunderland Till I Die and they got promoted they got rather promoted. than watching them get... Imagine they get promoted back to the Prem and they do a whole season on it. That'd be brilliant. How good is that? That'd How good would that be? No, that, that, that is a fairy tale if, if they do get go to full spectrum. I don't, know, I don't know if Jack Rodwell will watch it, but uh, it'd still be good. No, but, right? but good for, <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, good yeah. for, good for the, uh, the Aussies because Bailey Wright's uh, playing for them as well. So it's good, yeah, to, see, good to see him. Back yeah, in the championship, he did. Yeah. He had a terrific season, and and he's been rewarded with the Socceroos call up. So good yeah. to see him back in the championship next season. And yeah, I, I also uh, was exciting this morning to watch uh, Forest go back to the uh, Premier League. Big Even time. though I'm not a Forest fan, 23 years it's been since they've been back up. It was probably when Collie Moore was leading their line before he went to Liverpool. But uh, yeah, they, they're just a, a great club. And like I said, I'm not a Forest fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it brings back a lot of uh, good memories for me and a lot of nostalgia about you know Premier League 20 odd years ago. So uh, another yeah. another great football story as well. Yeah, huge club, Nottingham Forest. Great history, uh, a sleeping giant of English football as well. I mean, the Champions League wins back in the day and all that kind of carry on. So, but uh, yeah, I remember the year they got relegated was remember Man United done the treble and uh, Solskjaer came off the bench and scored four. They won eight nil or something at the City Ground. That was a little bit of trivia there for you guys. I'm showing my age here. There you go. I'm about to win a the beer. <laughs> nobody knows my age at Sydney Olympic, but yeah, that's a long time ago. I thought VIG stats man was impressive, but that was fantastic, oh, Big O. I think, I think there's even more hidden talents we didn't know, so we've got to do a bit more scratching next year. We've got to come up with some new stuff, uh, VIG, to get, get him to, talking. We, we might have just found a new segment. <laughs> I know. Good. We might, in the yeah. archives with Roy O. Yeah, the anorak here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just before we let you go too, and I don't know, this is drove me bonkers when I saw this today, and correct me if I'm wrong, VIG, but the Socceroos squad was named and there's no Fornaroli. Yeah, he's, look. Uh, he's injured, lads, I think. He is? Okay. Uh, I was going to say, injured. was this just a gimmicky thing? Like you go to all the trouble of bringing him in and then you go, oh, I didn't work out, so we're not going to use it. So you reckon he's, 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 uh, he's lame at the moment, hence why he's not available? Yeah, I, th- I think he's injured, hence he didn't play in the All-Stars either. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as I know, we've got Taggart, who's in great form at the moment. I think he's he's scored back-to-back goals um, for his club over in Japan. Uh, Serizawa yeah. Osaka, uh, Nick D'Agostino, who's been in terrific form in the A League as well. Um, yeah, you know, Duki's been picked again. So there, there's lots of options there. But yeah, what about know, Cummings? Yeah. Is Cummings a, a dark a dark horse? What, what are we thinking? Not now. I think yeah. if he's going to, he needs to be here. He needs to be, you know, I suppose at the start of a new campaign after the World Cup, I, I'd, I'd definitely look at him. I think he brings something different to the table, but I wouldn't be mixing and matching now. I think they've had enough okay. of that pick and mix that they've done with uh, yeah. Fauna and, and whatever else they've done. And I think at the moment too, one player coming in is great, but for a team morale of play, you know, losing a guy who's been there the whole campaign to a guy who's been here for six months, I, I know you've got to pick your best squad, but I think it's a bit hard to, to take a risk on. So for me, I'd wait, and if he's interested again at the end of November when, when the new campaign starts, well, then, yeah, I'd definitely be open to it. Yeah, fair call. All right, Big O, well, we know you're super busy. We know you're, uh, you've got lots on with Olympic as well as with the family, watching the young man uh, start running around the pitch banging goals away like his, uh, his, his dad. But, uh, mate, once again from uh, VIG and myself at the Football Revolution, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure for us every month or whenever we get to talk to you to hear your expertise. And like I said, mate, you know, people going to watch the Barca game feel like fans. I feel like a fan when we get to talk to you every week and we get to call you a friend, which is even more exciting for us. So, cool. mate... Uh, Forget about... We're talking about people going to watch the A-League next season. While, while there's no A-League football, get down to Belmore Sports Ground to watch uh, the big Royo. That would be 
No, you're talking. No, you're talking. We there are talking. But, uh, mate, once again, thank you very much. Uh, absolute privilege and pleasure for us. And uh, we'll still be speaking to you off air out in, in between the seasons. But um, until next season when they get to hear the lovely Irish tones of Roy O, thank you once again, my friend. My pleasure, boys. And uh, keep up the good work. I love the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to The Football Revolution. Joining us now in the player escape room is one of the brightest lights for the Sky Blues this season. Please welcome to the show Sydney FC star Max Burgess. G'day, Max. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, mate. Looking forward to having a yarn. How are you? You feeling okay? I know the season's done and dusted now, so you get a bit of downtime. Are you feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, so when did we finish? Maybe a week and a half ago, so sort of... Um, Too soon. Yeah, yeah, form- yeah, definitely. But yeah, formalities <laughs> are done. Yeah, just enjoying a bit of time off now, just catching up with mates and um, letting the hair down a bit. You have a, I'm guessing you have a, a few IOUs. I think there's some mates that have probably been trying to get a hold of you for the last six or seven months and you keep brushing them. So it's time that uh, you catch up with the boys that stay loyal to you, right? Absolutely. I'm hard to get a hold on on the phone. So I think I'm, I've just got to sort of do my due diligence and catch up with mates. And, um, and yeah, it's been good to just sort of let the hair down. So I'm a bit dusty. Tuesday morning, but um, yeah, as I said, it's disappointing to be watching the finals and and not be a part of it. But um, yeah, it's football, isn't it? Mate, I'm, I'm even more excited now and impressed that uh, you're hard to get hold of and no one can get a hold of you, but uh, you've decided to come yeah, on. It and took chat you a while as well, mate. It took you a while. <laughs> far out. That, mate, I'm going to put that down to the being away in Vietnam, right? We, we can yeah. use that as a lost in translation time zone yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Burgess, I won't take it personally. No, no, Burgess, <laughs> notoriously hard to get on. On two, mate, so don't take it personally. But worth it. So uh, we'll, we'll run with that. But, uh, mate, it's been a long and disrupted season uh, that you've just finished. What now for Max Burgess? So obviously you get some time off. Uh, you're going to do a little bit of travel. You're going to do a little bit of self-reflection. You're going to start painting. What are you going to do? Um, that's a good question. Um, I am keen to do a bit of travel. Um, me and my girlfriend have been looking at Peru. Um, nice, okay. I always wanted to to sort of see the Inca trail and, and um, head over there. But um, so we'll see if we can get that, that achieved in like sort of middle to late June. Um, but yeah, mate, just as, as I said, just catching up with family and friends. Um, good to sort of get the election done on the weekend. That was a, that was great to get a new government in mate. So I'll just drop that early so we don't have to get the politics <laughs> out of the way later, but um, good call. yeah, mate, I'm just, yeah, just good to just sort of catch up with mates. I think that's the, the main thing, mate, just get a bit more balanced. We were playing every three days and um, yeah, it's good to just sort of wake up in the morning and, and not know what I'm doing. I have no schedule. So um, yeah. Sounds good. Mate, uh, going to Peru, there's nothing to do with you trying to put a bit of a, a, a you know, a voodoo or something on them with them, obviously uh, in Socceroos path or potentially in the Socceroos path. There's not something for you. They haven't paid you the A-Leagues or something to go over there or, so, or FFA to go over there and cause a bit of drama for the Peru national team. Oh, I'll do what I can. Um, but no, it's, it's always been um, a sort of dream of mine to head over to South America. I read um, the motorcycle diaries when I was quite young. Um, and it's about Che Guevara and Fidel Castro. Um on the, on the road in South America. So it's always been sort of a dream of mine to head over there and, and sort of just immerse myself in the culture. So, um, but yeah, I guess we're only, only two weeks isn't enough to do that, but I just want to sort of um, get a bit of an eye opener and um, sort of when I finish my career, I'll probably look to spend a bit more time over there. Mate, we'll keep an eye on the socials and see some of the happy snaps of you and the missus and uh, I'll yeah. jump on and like them as well, just to let you know I'm watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Mate, Sydney were not at their best this season. It's it's probably something that's very obvious and clear to any of the football followers, considering how successful Sydney have been the previous years. But uh, 
as I've said to you, you perform extremely well. So it was a good season for, for you. What did you take away from the season? Um, I took away a lot. Um, I think as a footballer, you're always sort of self-reflecting. Um, I think you'll ask any footballer and, and we're sort of the most, the harshest critics on ourselves. Um, it was really difficult uh, towards the back end to, to be in that rut we were in. We weren't, we weren't playing the way we wanted to. We weren't getting the results we wanted to. Um, and especially at a, at a club like Sydney, which is so used to uh, success, um, it was difficult. It was difficult. But I think um, what I will say is that, um, and I, th I don't think it gets talked about enough, was we, we spent three weeks in a, in a hotel hub over in Vietnam. And um, as, a, as a group, we, we, um, we got on well. There was no problems. There was no issues. Um, we got on superbly. And I think given the um, adversity we were facing and, and, um, and playing every three days and stuff, I was proud of the way um, we, I'll say, I'll say resilient. We, we didn't get the results we wanted, but we, um, we definitely stayed together through those times. So I think um, that, that should be talked about a bit more. But also on a personal level, um, sort of coming back, I hadn't played the season before. So um, I think it took me a little bit to get into my groove again. Um, and um, and yeah, I think we're always developing as a footballer. I played a um, multiple positions this year, um, so sort of um, I think that's good for my development. But also just in terms of games played um, and to play in the Champions League was also a was also a personal uh, tick in my career. I'd never done that before, so I'm quite proud of that. So um, we look forward to for next season and and um, personally just build on it, build on it, keep learning and and keep developing as a player because. I feel like um, I've got a lot more improvement in me and I'm looking forward to that. Mate, I think it's a, a good call because, uh, you know, not only did you guys have a, a hard trip, but City did the same. And, and I honestly believe City aren't the same team since they come back. And I think it's taken its toll. And yeah. at the end of the day, you guys are just people, right? You're, you're fantastic yeah. footballers, but you're also people first, first and foremost. And they've come back and I don't think they're at the same same intensity and standard as they were, even though they had good results over there. So yeah, I think it is a credit to both you you guys and to, to City that you've gone yeah. across there, represented us well, no matter if the results have gone your way or not. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it's, it's um, you know, super tough. We're obviously getting paid to do what we love and in terms of sacrifice, people are out there. I'm experiencing a lot more difficult situations than that. I'm just, I'm just trying to say that I'm proud of, especially the players in my team that have got families and, and kids and stuff. For me personally, um, I don't have kids. Um, so it's not as much of a, of a sacrifice in that sense. But I think, um, you know, I was, I was proud of the way we stuck together. You know, we, we got on well, you know, um, lots of cards over there, lots of, lots of fun chat. And, and um, it was a, we, we, we turned a, a difficult situation into an experience that I'll, I'll um, always remember. Quality. Who was your roommate, mate, in Vietnam? We actually got our own rooms, except for the young boys. So that's that's actually um, that was actually good. Um, so we sort of had the team room we could come down and and um, hang out in. Um, but we also got our own space, which is which is something I like. So I tried to bring the piano keyboard over, but um, our team manager was was being pretty stingy on that. Um, so we sort of that took me me and Shribzy about two weeks to get over. Um, but um, but yeah, I wish I brought that over. But uh, but yeah, so we had our own room, so it was okay. So you're a bit of a, a muso as well, mate. You're telling me you're a triple threat. So you're a good footballer, a good muso. What else are you good at? No, nah, I'm I'm aspiring. I'm I'm trying to teach myself. So um, it sort of started in when I was at Western United. We went to the we did the hotel hub in in Sydney. Um, so there was me, Ryan Scott brought the brought the guitar, and then Rizzo had the ukulele. So that's where it sort of started. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I'm any good. I just I just enjoy sort of trying to teach myself and and have a little jam by myself. It's 
I enjoy it. Mate, I wish I'd known this beforehand. I would have stitched you up if I if I'd known that you're a good user. I would have. <laughs> That's I would why have I haven't been speaking to you. I've given you nothing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so, mate, how'd you find the food over there? You're a big fan of the Thai food. Uh, so yeah, oh, Vietnam food. Sorry, yeah, the Vietnamese food. Um, yeah, mate, I, I love it. Look, honestly, um, I wish we could get out on the street. Um, I'd been watching a bit of Anthony Bourdain on YouTube, um, Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi and stuff. But obviously, we were in the hotel hub, so we couldn't we couldn't get out and about. Um, but yeah, the hotel was great, mate. Um, they were so welcoming, so hospitable, and um, yeah, felt sort of. Uh, super privileged they they just look after you so much and they love their football there so like just the fact that we were footballers from australia they were so friendly and um yeah mate it was just it was uh it was great to be treated so well so i really appreciated that mate, we know you bleed blue now but how are you feeling seeing your former western united teammates making their first ever grand final yeah look i'm i'm, I'm buzzing i've got a uh, a few really close mates still in the team. Obviously, they've got a few changes this year um, since when I was there a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, no, they've, they're on a great run. Um, they've had a really consistent year, so they deserve to be there. Um, so yeah, no, I'll, I'll send them a few messages later in the week. As I said, I'm bad with my phone, but I'll um, I'll definitely hit them up and and I'm looking forward to it. It should be good having two Melbourne teams in the final. And um, as much as much as it's hard to watch because you want to be there um there's still a bit of um a good feeling you know because you want to see your friends do well so um yeah hopefully they get the win mate i'll cover our bases I'll, when i send a few messages out to the western boys I'll, I'll tag you in as well i'll put your name in there as well so in case you do forget yeah so then, yeah, yeah i get by association i'm, I'm yeah absolutely <laughs> do that please I'll just drop in when I was speaking to, to Max Burgess during the week. He wished you the best as well. And that way, if you <laughs> send something, they get double the hits. And if you don't, I've covered you. 100%. Definitely do that. <laughs> Mate, what are your goals for next season? Oh, it's a good question. I actually haven't, um, personally, I haven't thought about it. I've just been sort of um, trying to get away and, and, and clear the mind and, and um, get a bit of separation from football. I think as a team, we're definitely... We want to win it. We want to win everything we're part of. I think, you know, that's 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 a given. You could ask anyone that. So as a team, I think, you know, come back to the new stadium. Uh, we want to we want to bounce back um, and we want to sort of answer the critics. I think I'm really looking forward to that sort of um, obviously a bit of negative chat around how we went this year and and sort of responding will be fun. But as a as a as a um, on a personal level, um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I sort of, I've changed my approach over the last few years. I used to sort of be really um, sort of focused on external metrics on in, in judging how well I'm going with my career or, or what I want to achieve. But I think for me, it's changed more to just on a day-to-day basis. If I'm in a good headspace, if I feel like I'm getting better at, at, um, at my craft um, and I feel like I'm entering a good sort of comfortable confident flow each day that's what I'm sort of more focused on I let everything else take care of itself but um I do want to sort of play more regularly um and nail down a spot um and and just build on this year mate build on this year and, and just learn from the lessons that I, that I had this year that's where I'm at I think that's not a bad thing if, if you take a bit of time away from football and rather than rush your, your goals for next year so yeah fantastic answer and I think mate yeah. if you guys are going to come back with a bang no better place than the new massive uh, new impressive stadium Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I, um, I only ever played there once and it was probably for five minutes when I was, when I was 19 in my debut. So it will be good to go back and hopefully um, as a sort of more mature player and, and older and, and just sort of um, create some new memories there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Looking forward to it. 
Mate, yeah. uh, let's get stuck into you've killed that. So let's get stuck into one of the first of the three games. I like to play with our guests. Uh, you ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. Of your current or former teammates, I'll ask you who would you, and then you just have to give me one player for each of these uh, questions. First one, who would you invite to dinner? Oof. Current or former teammates for dinner. Um, Could even be coaching staff if you want to suck up a bit, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> who would I invite for dinner? It's a good one. Um, I'll say Ryan Scott. I'll say Ryan Scott. Easy one. Get on well. Um, can talk easily. Good banter. Um, likes a glass of red wine. So, yeah, I'd say Ryan Scott. Who'd be doing the cooking if, uh, if it was you and Ryan Scott at dinner and your, and your missus? Who would, who'd be doing the cooking? Scotty. Okay, that's good. Yeah, definitely not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who would you go on holidays with? Oof. I'd say Riley Woodcock. Okay. Why? Yes, I played with him at Sydney and, and Sydney Olympic. Um, just a cracker bloke. Um, I, we actually have travelled together, mate. We went to, we went to Bali and, and Barcelona back maybe five years ago. Um, he easy going. Um, I think he's not too like he he'll do the hostel scene. So that's sort of <laughs> that's where I'd be at as well, mate. And he's pretty easy, not not too precious. So I'd, I reckon Riles. I'd lock him in. And the last yeah. one, take to karaoke. Oof. They could be like your backing vocals or something. So while you're playing your guitar and singing, they could be backing <laughs> vocals, maybe. Oh, the karaoke. I'll go Johnny Aspro. Okay. Just because he's a terrible singer and I'd love to put him on the spot. So <laughs> stiff. So stiff. Um, I'd get Johnny Aspro. Have you um, have you seen him obviously when he had to do your intro to a team or you know the uh, induction to a team or is I haven't, but I can imagine it was it was pretty poor. So I'll get I'll go Johnny Aspro. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, moving on to the second of the two games we like to play. We call this one lock stock and three smoking balls. I think you'll kill it. So when you're ready, we'll uh, fire the first one at you. Okay. If you could sign one player from the A-League to join Sydney, who would it be? Transfer fee, I'll take care of. Uh, payments, everything they want, all their little perks, I'll take care of. Who would you bring one across player to play with this next year at Sydney? Um, it's a great question. Um, putting me on the spot hard here, mate. Um, there's a few. There's a few rattling around. It doesn't even have to be from a football perspective. Is there someone that you know in the league who's a real cracking guy that you think would give good morale to the team or give you someone as a roommate or to enjoy the flights with? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a football. I'd say I'd say just on a personal level, the way I love love the way they play is Davila. Okay. Not that I think we probably need uh, another sort of midfielder or we've got plenty of um, of talented players in that position, but I think... Davila is someone I sort of, I really like the way he plays and I've spoken to him a few times after games and he seems like a cracker bloke. So yeah, I'll go with that. It'd be a bit scary if you had Davila and uh, Bratz in the centre of your park. So I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to let the Sydney fans know there's no rumour in that at the moment. He's not leaving the Bulls, so don't get <laughs> excited. But uh, having Burgess, Davila and Bratz in the same midfield as well as Caceres, I know they're getting excited, but just take it easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think I, I, I've sort of my... Always try to like practice my Spanish with him after the games, and he he sort of I'm, I'm sure he only understands 
probably a couple of words that I'm saying, but he sort of never, never says anything and always, always sort of humors it. So no, he seems like a nice bloke. And yeah, as I said, I respect the way he plays. He's um, got a super talent. Nice choice. If you could change one FIFA rule, not on uh, PS5 or Xbox, but on in, in FIFA in general, whether it be in the A-League or any of the leagues around the world, what would it be? FIFA, so as in like just change the rules of football. Yeah, what's a rule that drives you nuts? Is it offside? Is it VAR? Is it, I know they sit with you at the start of the season and try and explain to you, but from what all the players That's tell me, no question. one understands. I, I've, I've, honestly, I could – it's not something – I sort of debriefed this with a few people just in terms of extra time with, with um, added on time whether you start taking players off the field so it opens up a bit more. I'd okay. love to see that sort of every five minutes you take a player off. So you sort of becomes 10 v 10, then maybe 9 v 9 the last 10 minutes. And it just sort of tactically coaches probably have to work out sort of what players they want to keep on the field. And it also just completely opens up. So you sort of creative players can sort of um, have a bit more room to move. And yeah, I, I would love to see that extra time. And maybe every 10 minutes you take one player off. Each team has to take one player off. I love your football mind, but just remember too, that means that that's harder preseason running, right? Because the fittest yeah. guys will stay on the pitch. So just remember yeah. you've committed yeah. yourself to the sand hills now for an extra 40 or 60 sprints a week. Yeah. Or you just save yourself and you just come off, off the plywood the last 20 minutes and you save your legs. Yeah. yeah. But I actually, I really like that. Usually it's, uh, there's a lot of VAR. There's a lot of goalkeepers saying they hate the way that if they even flinch, they get penalties retaken. But uh, I actually like that. So yeah, I, I might steal that for myself if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I've, I've just been thinking, I've thought of the last couple of years of just how would you tactically approach it? And then which players would just absolutely thrive in that, in that sort of open space. And it would just completely change the game. Cause um, as much as penalties are great, like it's just for the drama of the game. Um, I think that, you know, sort of you, you want to see a game decided in normal time or extra time. So, yeah. Maybe if they don't take it on board, maybe when you retire, we can start like the cage match, like the old night commercial. We, yeah. can, we can start it in the cage match with the, all yeah. the big X stars, including yourself. Yeah. And then we can see if it catches on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'll, come, I'll be coming off the ply with the last 20 minutes. You can do the running the first 90 and you can just hit oh, the good, wall. Good luck with that. Lucky I don't have VIG. He would be Joshy. He'd be telling you that I only last five, but I, I think I can probably go at least 10 or 15. Where is Joshy, by the way? Mate, uh, he's, uh, he's got other commitments on. I know he's got his brother here, Alex. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, had yeah. A, having a bit of a break from uh, the French League and spending time with family. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. left me fly hand solo. And I, I'll put it down to the fact that not that he doesn't care about me, but he actually has faith in me. So we'll lock that one. <laughs> yeah, all perspective, all perspective. Mate, if you could be any person for a day, who would it be? Alive or dead? Any genre? Oh, it's a great question. Oh, maybe Ed Sheeran. I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll say either I've just finished reading um, Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Um, so he's sort of real idol of mine, um, sort of really sad the way he died and stuff. But I think the, the life he lived as a, as a professional chef and traveled the world um, exploring cooking and, and uh, people's cultures and stuff, um, I reckon he would have. That's something I thought I think as a lifestyle would be would be fantastic. Um, or even like a, even a musician. So maybe like at the moment, my favorite band's Gang of Youths. Um, so maybe lead singer there or, or just, or backing guitar or something like that. Just travel the world with your mates and get to play your, play your own music. So that, that'd also be cracker. Um, Mate, two brilliant uh, suggestions there. But I also think if I'd known, you probably saw earlier in the year, we had the uh, Sydney 
Sydney Derby cook-off between your club, Sydney FC, and, I and did, uh, yeah, yeah. Sydney. Mate, if I'd known you could have put your hand up, maybe you could have teamed up. You know, we, we, Bratz has already had his turn. Maybe next time it could be you and Manu teaming up together. Yeah, well, look, I'm not, I'm not plugging my cooking abilities. I'm plugging maybe my just, just tasting, just, just, just get there and just eat. No, no cooking. Yeah, but the important but Bratzy, part is, Bratzy was talking up his cooking, mate. He came in the next day and was just absolutely giving it the big one. <laughs> the funny part is, but like I said, most people pick movie stars and rock stars and that, and you've gone for a chef. So that's why I'm saying if you have an interest in food, Manu would yeah. love somebody who's there who's open to uh, working with him. So I'm definitely yeah. going to speak to David and say, hey, look, I think Burjo could be the next guy that puts his hand up for the cook-off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get Davey Warren on the Bella. Get me involved. <laughs> All right, mate, uh, let's move into the last game. That uh, It's our version of Uno. We call it Nuno. So it's after uh, me being an ex, uh, being a Spurs fan, our ex-coach Nuno, and uh, also after Melbourne City uh, star defender Nuno Reyes, who will be playing in the final against uh, Western United on the weekend. So yeah. seven questions, two, two options for each question. You just have to pick which is most applicable to you. When you get to the end of the sixth question with one to go, you just call out Nuno to avoid any penalties. But because uh, you're such a good guy, I'm happy to help you. So if you forget, I'll jump in and help you out. All right. Right, ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Snow or sand? Sand. Ronaldinho or Ryan Giggs? Ronaldinho. Success or happiness? We're getting philosophical here. I think they're intertwined. Um, okay, look at this. I think no, I'll go happiness. Okay. Marvel or DC? Oh, DC. I don't I don't. Yeah. Champions League or World Cup? World Cup. Call or text? Call. Nuno. Nuno. Is that, what, is that, is that it? Yeah, last one. Comedy right. or drama movies? Drama. Okay, nice. Yeah. All right, so uh, you've gone with uh, drama movies. What's one of your favourites? Oh, great question. Um, I sort of get more into sort of actors and then we'll follow and just watch heaps of their movies. Um, but I think probably one of the favourite movies I've seen at, at the cinema is probably Interstellar, but I don't know if you'd put that into a drama category. It's probably a bit of everything. Um, or even like one of my favourite actors, is probably Daniel Day-Lewis. Yep. So like Gangs of New York or, or maybe There Will Be Blood. Um, yeah, I'd say... One of those ones. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to say on the spot, man, because that's a pressure question. Um, no, no, I, I like applying the pressure to you, mate. And you're normally pretty. I'll go. I'll go with those ones. I'm happy with those. Right. One of those. Yeah. Ronaldinho. Why over Ryan Giggs? I just love that that Barca era, sort of growing up, 2005 through to sorry 2010. Um, just as a number ten, a creative player, I just always played with a smile on his face and. Um, yeah, I think Giggsy, like obviously fantastic left footer, um, but I was like more of an Arsenal fan growing up. So I think I'll just go towards Ronaldinho in that one. All right, mate, we'll just let that slide that you're more of an Arsenal fan growing up. Yeah. Uh, we, we got the last Champions League spot. Growing up uh, is the key, the key phrase there. <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, Barca are coming here, I think is it, if it's tomorrow, isn't it, to play against the All-Stars? Yeah. So... Uh, That'll be quite exciting. Are you going to watch the game on the box or you got tickets to the game or how's it, how's it working? I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll just get up on the, on the screen at home. Um, we've got a few boys from our team playing and yeah, it should be, it should be exciting. It should be exciting. I wish, um, yeah, it would be, be great. You know, Bass is obviously one of my favorite teams. So I don't know the squad that they're sending. I think it's pretty strong. So I just wish, wish um, Pedri was coming the, 
a young Spanish player. I mean, he's one of my favourite players in the world. So I think he's injured at the moment. But um, yeah, it should be great. Great for Australian football. And, and then we've got the grand final this, this weekend as well. So yeah, Berger will be on the couch watching. Have you seen? So you've seen uh, the? Have you seen the A League uh, All Stars jersey? I think it was released maybe today. So it's white with like a gold. So it's got a little bit yeah. of a, a Real Madrid uh, feel to it. So I don't know if they've done that deliberately to try and uh, yeah. line the Barcelona squad up or get them at least pumped up for a friendly. But uh, it, it I like it actually. Yeah, move. wouldn't be surprised if they'd done that. Um, the old um, Madridistas kit, but um, yeah, a bit of history to that derby, um, raging back to the Civil War and stuff. So. I'll definitely um, be tuning into this one. Um, we'll soon find out if it was a smart move or not. If they wind them up and Barca come out and touch them up, then we'll know it yeah, wasn't great. I don't, yeah, exactly game, right. What did they win the last Classico 4-0, didn't they, at, um, at the Bernabeu? Well, the last Classico was when they played no no strikers. So um, we, we actually, on our European show, we call it the Galactic No because it was when uh, uh, Ancelotti put in no no strikers and uh, they got smacked 4-0, yeah. So it wasn't the greatest <laughs> move on his behalf, but they won the uh, La Liga. So you can't really question him, can you? No, you can't question him, no. You can't. Mate, just before we let you go, we'll touch on the last one. Success or happiness, you were under, you were undecided here and usually the players decide really quickly and you were too smart for me and you've basically said they're very similar things here. Success or happiness, tell me why you're, you're sitting on the fence there. Um, because I also probably don't believe in either of the concepts. I don't know if, if happiness is even a sort of attainable thing because I think, you know, um, it's momentary, but, um, and success, I guess it's how you define it. I mean, you can, you can define success, especially the way our society does. It's consistently a external thing or it's a perception thing, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe you could define success as a, more of a purpose thing, an internal thing, um, finding purpose, which, which, um, sometimes can be failure. You know what I mean? If you, if you take lessons out of that, that can also be success. So I, I find, yeah, I don't know. I guess in the spot, maybe I'm getting too philosophical, philosophical for the for the quiz. But um, maybe the the two concepts um, by themselves are you have to unpack more without just seeing them by themselves. So um, I'll say both. Or yeah, mate, I love that answer. And to be honest, this is. Uh... This is mainly so that listeners get to see the the more personal and human side of uh, Max yeah. Burgess. So, mate, totally cool. That's who you are. And uh, like I said, it's very interesting. So we wish you had, we had a lot more time to uh, unpack a bit more of what's yeah. stacked upstairs in that football genius mind. And uh, But we don't. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time, mate. We really appreciate you, you coming on the Football Revolution. We uh, we yeah. wish you a nice, enjoyable break, especially if you do get a chance to go to Peru with the with the uh, missus and uh, yeah. and get a bit of sightseeing in and a little bit of touring before you come back and get stuck into your uh, really, I'm guessing, physical, hard pre-season with CBC. Yeah. But um, until we catch you again, mate, we wish you all the best and thanks very much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, uh, appreciate you having me, mate. And so look forward to having a debrief soon and and I'll, I'll get back to you sooner this time, mate. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a joy, mate. So we'll, we'll chat soon. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. It's uh, it's been quite an unusual show. We've had uh, Roy O in the house helping us host uh, our final Revolution Grand Final roundup of the year, as well as doing in the know with Roy O. And now we just decided for something different and to uh, be a bit unique, we'd finish off the show on uh, Zoom rather than doing it uh, 
via the normal camera. So this is not a usual for us as a first, but uh, hopefully you enjoy it. So going into our normal clinical finish, not extended, uh, because we've had plenty of stuff on the show this week. We couldn't fit any more in if we tried, but... uh, we said our weekly Tom Hammett Awards. So every week uh, for uh, it could be a shot, could be a strike or a quality piece of attacking brilliance, we've uh, nominated and awarded our uh, Tom Hammett Award for the week. It's now time for us to both uh, tell us, tell the listeners what our goal of the year is or our Tom Hammett Award of the year. So do you have a nomination or are we going to basically hopefully pick the same one or how's this going to work, VIG? We haven't thought this through well we, enough. We haven't but really, but... <laughs> There were some great goals this season. Um, I think one that just literally just came to my mind that is not on our list, but um, I think it was uh, Matthew Leckie's goal against Sydney FC, the one where he sort of like flicked it over the top and then and then finished it. Um, I'm not sure if it, it won our weekly award that week, but th- there's been some brilliant ones. Uh, you know, Irakunda scored two absolute bombs. He's just launched, you know, f- rocket launches into into the back of the net. Um, I think it was Noons. Noons scored a, a volley. There was a, it was a classic game. I think it was MacArthur and Wellington where they were just beautiful goals galore scored. Uh, what about the A-League goal of the year, Ben Garuccio's modified Scorpion? So I think he made a few alterations to the usual Scorpion or to the Riley McGree Scorpion. So there was uh, there was that so one. Uh, there was also a couple of goals from Awesome at uh, the Bulls. So Tommy Orr, there was a couple from him. But uh, what are you going to go with, VIG? It's, it's hard to go past that Garuccio... Uh, scorpion kick that's a that's a once in a lifetime goal you know you, you don't you score that goal once and, and that's it no you know it's 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 a phenomenal bit of um the way he adjusted his body and and got his leg up and it's just a tremendous piece of skill um I'm not sure I can actually go past that. What do you think? Look, I'm happy to make uh, things easy and lock it in. That way I can go with you as well as the great experts at the A-League. But for me, I really like uh, Craig Noons. I just think that the uh, the quality of the strike, uh, the ball was you know floating across and that can go so wrong. You know, it can go so right, but it can go so wrong. But more often it ends up, uh, like I said, in the on the moon than it does uh, in the back of the net. So I really enjoyed that. But yeah, look, I suppose just for uh, uniqueness, uh, difficult le- dif- difficulty level, and not only saying it, but in, in doing it. But uh, yeah, I'd probably go with uh, Ben Garuccio so we can lock in this year's winner of our Tom Hammett Award for uh, Attacking Piece of Brilliance uh, goes to Western United's Ben Garuccio. So he takes home not only the uh, the championship medal, but he also gets to take home the prestigious award that we've handed out. Uh, moving on to, we, um, we'd love to thank all the clubs, the media managers for their assistance, as well as all our star guests this year that we've had in our player skate room. We've had more than we could have wished for and not that uh, we're, we're worried about that. We love that and we, we're hoping that to keep them coming. But uh, a lot of those guys we still keep in touch with and uh, check in on to see how they're going because they're footballers you know one thing but they're also great guys that we we really enjoy uh, you know keeping in touch with and a special thanks to our guest hosts Roy O'Donovan for In The Know with Roy O and uh, new dad Jared GK Tyson thank you very much to both those lads for you know for all the help and support they give us throughout the year without them uh, it'd be very difficult to do the show um, if they've missed anything this year VIG uh, where can they catch it yeah of course they can uh, listen to our show on Football Nation Radio so download their app um, and, and right across their platforms and they can also listen on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, the, I, I did forget but I, I, I will add them in as well. We thank uh, Football Nation Radio and especially David and the team there for all their support this year. They've been a, a great help to us and, and they've been a, a huge support to allow us to get out a, a big season full of uh, fantastic guests and a lot of football and uh, 
Yeah, so thank you to them, but uh, and thank you to you, Vig, my co-host, my co-host with the most uh, absolute star. Like I said, I, I don't mind being the number two seed in the in the team, and and I'm I'm quite happy with that. And when someone's better than you, you just got to take it on the chin. So um, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. So. I, I am sure of that. But uh, mate, once again, amazing season. Thanks for everything. It's an absolute pleasure, and it's uh, it's even more fun now doing it with uh, Junior Gersh back in the background, and we've had your brother on this year, and the whole family. So maybe they'll make some more appearances next season maybe they will no it's, it's been a terrific season um it's always a pleasure um never a chore so it's, it's just good fun and, and we've, we've had a, a good time uh putting out some content for, for the listeners if you've got any suggestions like i said we're, we're continually trying to we've rebranded which will put a few posts out in the coming weeks we've rebranded with our, our new logos and things we've started moving into the 21st century with video on uh, our youtube channel as well as on our uh, tiktok uh our tiktok socials and we're always looking at ways whether it be you know uh gk chef or whether it be player escape room and or any of the things that we do the tom Hammond award whatever whatever new things we're going to be cooking up this year if you let us know we can uh, we can try and incorporate what the listeners and fans would like to hear but uh lastly a thank you very much to to all the listeners we really appreciate uh, you listening to us each week and uh you know like i said in tough times it's nice to have uh some 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 things to listen to and some some uh some players to look up to or to hear their stories and realize that life's tough for everybody so to the listeners thank you very much for uh, all your you know for all your support this year and for, for backing the football revolution i can guarantee you next year we'll be back bigger and better and uh bringing you more and more football but uh until then as we say thank you We'll speak to you again soon, but until then, rise up and join the football revolution. Chat to you soon.